Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Hello world, hello mothers, welcome to the Gadget Cast. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always with my co-host Travis M.C.P. Space travel. Space traveling everywhere. You still need to put the uh, iJustine uh, thing in there. That, 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 uh, yeah, we do have to do that. I do have to make the intro shorter um, because I did notice in our podcast analytics i did notice like the re- hey retention on podcasts are amazing if you come from the world of youtube and you look at like retention stats that's how long people like stay and, and watch the show uh on youtube like retention like hey if you get 50 percent on youtube that's actually considered good if people watch half yeah. your video uh if you get like 60 percent, you're doing great podcast man like i think gadget cast has like upwards of at least like 80 percent of the people Whoa. watch the entire sh- like it's really, really? great retention yeah the retention on gadget cast is amazing it is crazy wow. how long people will listen to our show uh it's a great show I, I probably shouldn't be surprised but it is it is crazy like the the attention span of the podcast listener versus the average youtube listener i guess like when you go to a podcast you're just in that mindset of like you know what i'm gonna be listening to this thing for a while whereas youtube i guess it's more kind of like wild west like what am i gonna watch today did i want to watch this video no okay i'll just skip it um but yeah it's uh it's crazy how good the retention is on the podcast but i did notice in the intro i did notice people skipping ahead of the intro it's a good intro i like it Mm. i think a lot of people like space travel but Mm. i do think i need to remaster it to be just just a little bit shorter or mm-hmm. maybe for the live show, I can keep it long because it's a nice buildup. Maybe I should, yeah. for, the, for the audio <clears throat> listeners, maybe I should take it down a little special. bit. Let us know. Should we take, should we like edit the space travel? I know I got to uh, throw Justine in there, you know? Yes, 100%. You need to remix Justine. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to figure, I'm looking at uh, some of our analytics. I don't see the retention. I remember there used to be a retention. Is it per, per show? Is that how you look at it? Yeah, per show. Per show. Oh, I, I'm guessing that the last show was really good. If hey, I had to guess. Look at this. Uh, Jay Hyten says it's the best intro song. It always makes them dance, chair dance. Yes, indeed. So yes, indeed. we got it going, guys. We got it going. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. All right. So we got lots of stuff to talk about. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, uh, I don't even know what we're talking about today because uh, <laughs> no, we got a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to talk a bit about the MacBook Air rumors, the M2 MacBook Air. Travis just made a video on like responding to another video about like tech YouTubers and like this whole like controversial thing. We're going to talk about that. And I do want to talk to Travis about the iPad Pro M1. I think he's going to be mad at me. I think we're, we'll probably save that for like the end of the show. I think, you know, I want oh. that discussion to be at the end. Uh, I think I might get yelled at by Travis here, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do want to say right at the front of the show, again, we said it in the pre-stream pre-show, uh, thanks again for everyone who joined us on the supercast last week, uh, where we had Gary, the everyday dad, Renee, Richie, Luke Miani. Just want to say thank you again. Uh, that was a great show, a huge success. Uh, we definitely plan to do another one in the future and, and, uh, we're planning to have some other guests on soon. I think maybe by next show, if everything works out well, uh, we should have two highly requested guests. I don't want to say just yet, just in case they can't come, but we should have two guests that I noticed in a lot of the uh, last live stream. A lot of people were like, where are these two people? How come they weren't invited on the stream? And I always thought that was fun. I, there, like, I saw so many names like, how come this person wasn't also here? And it's like, we just booked like three of like the best like people who cover Apple as far as yeah. I'm concerned, like top tier like people. And I love how the, the people are like, how come these other people weren't also on the stream too? Like, the, can you imagine a show where we even had one more guest? Like it would have just oh been like, like, it was too much. It, like, I mean, as it was, yeah, we it was hard at the seams. It's always hard doing those shows, and I think we actually pulled it off well both times we've done it, but it is always hard because you want to have a balance, right? You want to get Gary's opinion. You want to get Renee's. You want to get Luke's. You want to get everyone, everyone's opinion equal, 
And it's hard too, because I love those guys so much. I can talk to them all day long. I'm sure Travis can too. And it's almost like you have to censor yourself sometimes because you know people want to hear their opinions and you know you got like an hour of this show. So as much as you want to like get in there and talk too, I almost have to like be like, all right, take it back a bit, Greg. Let these guys talk too. Uh, we want to make sure they get their thoughts across. But it's really hard because I could be in a show for those with, I know I could be in a show with those guys for like four hours and it would feel like yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, 100%. It went really fast. I mean, yeah. it, it really did. Um, and people, like I said, if you, when, when we look at the downloads and stuff, especially for the audio podcast, you know, there's there's kind of this number that we look at a certain couple days after the download and it hit it like in the first day. And it's like, whoop, like, whoa, okay. Everyone is interested. So super happy. Yeah, we'll, we'll concentrate on maybe less guests at a time so we can get deeper in if we can. Um, but yeah, those supercasts will happen again. They're just so much fun. There's definitely times where you want to like just pick someone's brain for like the whole hour. And those are always right. great. Um, the guests, the, the multiple guests are way harder to do, but for shows like that, where like you have like these topics where like, you know, there's, there's some, there's a lot of discussion out there with uh, the new M one stuff. And I think it was a valuable show. I think, uh, you know, based on all the feedback we got, people loved it. So yes. we'll definitely do yes. it again one day. Uh, but for, Oh, I, I just realized, did I hit is this the first show we've done since I hit 100,000? Yes. Because I want to show something. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead and, and vamp while I go get this thing. Hold on. Well, I'll just say that Travis finally hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube uh, this last week. He just celebrated. Uh, Travis, I mean, I'm sure like everyone who watches GadgetCast also goes to like Travis's live stream. Uh, but Travis does like a live stream every Saturday that you should definitely check out if you aren't already. And, um, yeah, if you, he's got something, he's got something to yeah. show you now, this is going to be for obviously the people watching live stream. I know sometimes we catch heat for this, but I want you to go to uh, youtube.com slash gadget cast. So you check, can see this, check the um, show notes. I'm going to include like a picture. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good idea. So, uh, so I got as a kind of a joke, a, a, a wrestling championship belt for uh, myself just as, um, something to, cause I don't know when I'm going to get my silver play button. I really don't. But one of the things I did is on each thing is something about me, like the run MCP, what a play is every um, uh, right after this. And one of the plaques on the side, of course, because it's very important to me, is the GadgetCast logo. So I just wanted people to know that as part of my journey, I really consider this to be a very important part of my journey, which is why it's on this belt uh, and uh, lots of fun and definitely something that uh, I'm proud to to be a part of with Greg. And uh, thank him for, you know, coming along for the ride and helping me uh, not lose my mind completely, which I almost did multiple times. It's true. I saw it yeah. firsthand. I mean, <laughs> Travis, uh, yeah. you know, little little psychotic at times. Yeah. I, don't know. And I don't know. A lot of people, I actually have like smaller belts, too. I don't know if I've shown these before, but I actually have smaller belts, too. So. <laughs> Is those those belt. belts look so puny compared to the other one. <laughs> like if you, just, one, yeah. if you held the that other one, one up first, I'm like, oh, a belt. But like you hold you hold the other one up, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> that is a belt, man. Yeah, man, it's awesome. But I, yeah, anyway, um, so let's move on. Let's let's talk about. Um, <laughs> let's let's, talk. I mean, I can talk more about the hundred thousand, but uh, you can just it, 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 listen. I'm happy to be here, and I'm I'm glad that's over. It was like the what is it, Damocles sword being held over my head. It felt like can we just get past this and move move on so let's move on um what are we gonna talk about first greg let's talk about this um let's talk about this uh m2 macbook air first Ooh. we'll pepper it out we'll do the macbook air then we'll talk about your video and then we'll yep. end with the <clears throat> ipad pro we'll get a okay. little space for everyone uh so i don't know if you've been following the rumor mill i don't know if you watch my video i think i saw renders uh by ian in the chat if i'm not mistaken oh. uh this guy I mean, I think he's like 17 years old and he does like these renders, Travis. They look like they came off like the Apple website. Like this guy is so, yeah, I see him. He's right there. He mm -hmm. just finished the MacBook Air renders. Uh, he let me use them uh, in his video and stuff, in my video and stuff like that. And it's like, man, so talented. Like, whoa, like really good stuff. But um, there was a lot of talk about the second MacBook Air, um, especially now that Front Page Tech just did a video uh, kind of going along with other, you know, there's a, I, we, I technically did my video first, which is funny, uh, talking about this redesign. And then like the next day after front page tech came out with the thing, basically kind of like confirming this speculation, right? You look at the new 
uh, M1 iMac and you see it come in all these new colors and you kind of see like the design direction Apple went there and you know the logical step would be to bring that design more to the other products. Uh, so with this M2 MacBook Air, um, people are expecting it to come in like these colors now. That's what John Prosser is saying. They're, he's saying, you know, expect colors. Uh, maybe the bezels will look white. Who knows? You know, I, I don't know if they'll go with that. We'll see, but it could be. I mean, like <laughs> people seem to be all up in arms about that. I think it's such like a minor thing to me. But, uh, you know, um, and uh, there was some other reporting from uh, German that I looked at when I was doing my video that was earlier before people were really talking about it. But he says it's going to be thinner and lighter, which is always nice. He says mm -hmm. they're going to shrink the bezels, but they're um, they're not going to make a bigger screen. They're more focused on keeping that product as small as they can, which I think is the right move. I say, like, let the pros have a big screen. Try and make that as small as possible. I think that's the right move. Um, and... Then uh, the M2 chip, right? A lot of talk about what's next after the M1 chip. I think a lot of people were surprised when the iMac came out that it had the M1. We actually talked, again, not to plug that show again, but we talked about that in the Supercast. And I think Luke brought up a lot of good points of like, I think that's the limit of the M1. Like you can't, you can't come out with like the 16-inch MacBook Pro and have an M1 and expect people to be happy. They're going to want a little bit more. Um, but for this next MacBook Air, we're actually expecting an M2 chip and there's kind of like a discussion, like what's the difference between M1X and M2? Like is M2 right. better than M1X? And I think the way to think about it is um, look at iPhone and iPads, like how they used to do the processor jump. So you'd always have like A12, then the iPad Pro would have A12X, but like the A12X would be better at a lot of different things, multi-core performance and graphics performance. And then like the next chip would be like better in single core, but the but the X version of that chip would still be like more performant over what you would get on uh, the next number. So I think that would probably be the logical thing to expect with MacBooks. Again, this is all speculation. No one really knows about it. Um, but there was just a lot of talk this week about an M2 MacBook Air. Travis, this is, yeah. you, you know, the M1 MacBook Air was your first MacBook and you know, you've talked about it a lot. You had like a pretty good experience with it. What would you like to see out of like a, like a complete revision of this product, you know, because this, this MacBook Air that we got, it had the M1 chip, but like it was using an older design. All they really did do is change the chip and that was enough to make it like a really great product. But like now that Apple knows what they're making here, like what, how would you like to see them shape this product? Well, a couple of things. Number one, check your text message. Okay. Uh, as it looks like we're going to have something to react to here live on the air uh, shortly. Um, so for me, like I like my MacBook Air, but as soon as I saw that there were colors, I'm like, okay, now how much money can I get for my MacBook Air? Because I want that blue MacBook Air. Like colors gets me every time. And to be honest, that alone is enough for me. Like I just keep the rest. Just give me a new color. Oh, wait, here it is. Oh, <laughs> we just were sent pictures of what the new air will apparently look like. And I would like this, please. I would like this right now. We so we can't show this. Room. We can't show this. We can't show it. But <laughs> I would just say that some of the renders you've this, seen. This is great for audio listeners because we literally can't show our live viewers. But uh, well, but here's the thing. Renders right. by Ian has done some renders. This looks very similar to that, wouldn't you say? The color's a little different, though. It's a little different. There's uh, some features mm. that look quite different. We can't give too much away. We can't give too much away. So I don't know how much I should say, but I would say that renders by Ian had a, had a great concept that like, if you're thinking next generation MacBook air, you're pretty close in line with what we're looking at here, but there are some differences I'm seeing. So I'll save that for a processor. Yeah. I, yeah. Prosser will, will obviously, which, which probably, we should probably explain a little bit better. John Prosser, yeah. Uh, front page tech just sent us some text images of what he's saying uh, are going to be renders for the next MacBook Air. This is like a, you know, he probably got some uh, schematics that he could uh, get a render for. And these apparently are what the next M2 MacBook Air is going to look like. I imagine that's going to be on a front page tech episode coming very soon. So stay tuned for that. But uh, these look really nice. I think if this is what we end up getting, um, you know, people are going to be happy. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to make a big deal about this, but this last one he just sent, 
I don't know if that's a render or a real picture. Yeah. I mean, the reason I say that is because renders for, we're looking at keys, don't have what would have seemed to be actual usage. So again, renders by Ian is in the chat. He says they're his. Yeah. This is a collaboration oh, okay, okay, between okay, him and Prosser. Okay. So these are renders. Okay, again, okay, okay. I said at the beginning, renders by Ian, so talented, right? Like these look like they came yeah. off the Apple website. And that's why you're like, is cool. this a picture? Is this a render? No, this, yeah, this guy's doing renders good. and they look so good. They look, I like that color blue. I think it's great. Oh, 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 oh okay. Well, that's not a render. <laughs> Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not, a, that one was not a render. Uh, all right. Well, look, thank you for joining us today. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Listen, John does this every once in a while and it's been and, a while. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, what can I say? All right. We have a lot of new listeners since gadget cast started. I always try and like do the history of this. Yeah. Um, when we first started doing gadget casts, uh, one of the first people we let listen to like our test show was actually John Prosser. We're like, what do you think about this? Do you think the dynamic here is good? And John said he loved the show. And then we started, we originally when we did gadget cast, I think we just recorded it at first. We didn't do a live show, but we very quickly wanted to move over to a live show. I, I don't know if you remember that we'd started audio first, then we moved over to a live show and like, like when our first couple of live shows, John was just in the chat always. And he was like, that's when he first started getting into like Apple leaks and stuff like that. And he would just be like, do you guys want to see this? Do you want to see that? And like our, our, we just get like a bunch of like text messages of like this stuff. And we'd like react to it live on gadget cast. Yeah. And uh, this is, but now he's doing it to us in the middle of a show, which we were not expecting. He just randomly texted us. Yes. So <clears throat> I will say this. Um, just look at the renders and watch the upcoming um, inevitable front page tech. It's beautiful. Um, and I want it. I would buy one, even though I have one. I, I literally have a, a, an M1 MacBook Air that I don't need to upgrade. I want one that looks like this, which is literally like, and he just posted something on, um, on, uh, he tweeted a picture of a color on Twitter just a minute ago or so. <clears throat> so for those of you listening to audio, there's like a mintish green that looks kind of, what's the color? Isn't that the same color as one of the other Apple products? that makes The iMac. Like the, I think it's Air. like the front of the iMac, yeah. right? Well, no, no, no. The, uh, and the iPhone 11 had a mint? Or the no, Air? No, the Air. Didn't the Air have the iPad, iPad Air? Air? Yeah, it had a green too, yes. Yeah, it looks kind of like that color, except for a MacBook Air. And I'm listen, as we've talked about, and as I you know, kind of pointed out, the Air is like for consumers. It totally makes sense. It's like it should literally be the fun colors that someone who is not uh, you know, a, a crazy fan, like they just want something that looks cool. And I like the way they look. So so you and, agree with like that's what I like you agree with this direction that Apple's going, like making these you had you had this great comment when you're on last time uh and you were saying like what is what is the iMac is that a consumer product or a pro product like you are like genuinely curious like what is this i always thought it was a consumer product uh but greg you you know a lot of people talk about it like it's a pro product so i expected it to look more like a consumer product and uh, it's funny because I was again, I, I was doing this video and I put that consumer grid in there. I said, this is a chance for Apple to get back to that simple Mac approach where they have a consumer lineup and a pro lineup. And that's what John Prosser said they were also trying to get back to consumer level and pro level. And they can make the pros look like they do now, right? Like they can make it look like a variation of that. But they have a good chance here to really separate this lineup because I think in like the past couple of years, Every product looked like a pro product. Like you really couldn't tell the difference, right? Like you look at like the entry-level MacBook Pro, that's technically a consumer product, uh, but it looked exactly like the pro products, right? And they even called it pro. If you look like if you look at the MacBook Air and you put a MacBook Pro on the same table, they look so similar. Like at first glance, you, you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference between those two products. So I think this is like really smart. And I and I like it too because it's it's giving consumers more of a choice to personalize their laptops. And from Apple, again, it's not like you're buying a Windows PC. There's really not a lot of choice there, right? They're only, they only make a couple products, but at least them introducing these multiple colors and stuff, I think it makes a more personal product for consumers. Like, it, it sounds like kind of silly, but it's like, if you find like a blue color you like 
and then you selected that blue, it's like, ooh, this is my MacBook right. now. This is mine. And it, I think it adds like an extra bit to it. And it may, again, it makes it uh, something I want. Someone in the chat's asking, if it still had the M1, would you still get it? I probably would, which is dumb. Uh, but I probably would. I would trade out mine and try to get it. Now, I don't suspect that's what's going to happen, so I don't think I'm going to have to worry about that. But I dumbly would, and I would never suggest anyone else do that. Um, what I think we're going to see is some type of, I mean, I hope, some type of processor bump, whether it's M2 or M1X or whatever they're calling it, if there are two different processors, or I, I don't even know. But I, su I suspect that we've seen some of the last M1 processor products. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're going to see the yeah. iPad here soon, but I don't suspect we're going to see too many more. I mean, what else would be a entry-level M1 product that hasn't been released yet? What would what could there's that nothing be? left, right? Like, I don't think the there's mini, any other product they could release that they could put the M1 in again. Um, yeah, the, other the than mini, yeah, Mac Mini, mini iMac. Mac, go ahead, Mac Mini, iMac, MacBook Air. And then like uh, that consumer level MacBook Pro. It's not even like a real MacBook Pro. And the iPads now. iPads have one. iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing really else Apple could do here. Um, Renee is right in the chat. Uh, he's saying M1X would be too big and too hot for the air. So I don't think we're expecting M1X for the air. Uh, but I think we'd see like a future revision of the M2. I don't know how much more powerful an M2 would be here. Renee has got all, see, look, M2 would be similar to M1, but with 20% better single core performance than usual architectural improvements, but still ultra low power, which is basically what I said at the start of the show, right? You're going to have the M1X. It's going to be faster in multi-core. It's going to have better graphics, but the M2 might have a slight edge in single core performance. Um, but I think the big thing with M2 isn't power at this point. I think what I would like to see out of an M2 chip, like if Apple released an M1 chip, like an M1 plus, and it fixed the issue of only being able to hook up one display. So you could have like two external displays. I think that would be like enough for me to be happy with it. Right. I think, I think the M2 would be a chance to address some shortcomings with the M1, um, maybe even higher memory configurations or high, higher storage tiers too. Right. The current MacBook Air can max out at two terabytes. Maybe with an M2, you can get a four terabyte MacBook Air. Um, usually consumer level, MacBook Air would only go up to 16 gigabytes of memory anyway, but maybe future M2 products could do 32 gigabytes of memory. Um, so I think that's what the M2 really needs to fix. I'm sure it'll be faster too in single core performance like Renee is saying, uh, but I think that's what the M2 needs to fix. Some of these kind of like first generation problems that aren't really big deals, because how many MacBook Air owners are like plugging into like a three monitor setup? Probably not many, yeah. if any. Right. Um, but I still think it's something they should fix because there's there are consumers that do that. And then we'll see hopefully like the the big monster mamma jamma uh, for all the the people who've been waiting for like i uh, uh, iMac Pros and stuff like that. Like people who yeah. really want the big the big daddy version of the uh, you know the second gen hopefully, but. At the end of the day, like what I'm seeing here, just from an aesthetic standpoint, and like I said, keep an eye on front page tech. Um, I'm sure these renders, what we're looking at, are going to be on a future episode. Uh, maybe even by the time you listen to this show, uh, it looks nice. And it's in a lot of ways what I wish the first M1 MacBook Air looked like in the first place. Like, why didn't, if they did it with the iMacs, I'm kind of confused why they didn't time this because what's the current rumor on when these would come out? Not for a while, yeah. Yeah. So again, <clears throat> there's not much, um, you know, maybe John could fill us in on a timetable here. But uh, the only thing I really read was from uh, German who said maybe the second half of this year or 2022. I always feel like when it's an Apple product and they say or next year, it's usually next year. Right. And we know like there's a lot of like chip shortages and stuff like that. So I I would probably say like early 2022, right? Like we got these new iPads kind of this time this year. I would expect that for this next MacBook Air. Yeah, it's I'm excited to see what happens. I think at the end of the day, I like the look. So um, they said uh, Renee saying industrial design team has small and only has so much bandwidth for redesigns every year. But the thing is, it feels weird because here's the thing. They uh, they came out with that color scheme for the iPad Air, and then they skipped it for the MacBook Air, 
but then they went the i the i max have that same color kind of you know pastelish kind of nice color scheme so weirdly it was i don't know weirdly it was it, there was an opportunity there that was kind of missed but i guess i i mean i understand what renee's saying and and with covid probably even more so of a hard thing to do but man wouldn't that have been cool if they just slammed them all together back to back to back yeah, it, it's definitely like a resource thing, like Renee saying. Um, you also have to remember, like, you know, the MacBook Air is like kind of like a bigger product for them. So you would almost expect the redesign to come with the MacBook Air. But like the iMac wasn't redesigned since 2012. So I think it like I think that was just like, you know, that was put up the list, right? Like they've been they've been probably planning some sort of iMac redesign for so long at this point. So I, you know, I think the MacBook Air was uh, what they had to do. And they did just release like, you know, the M1 MacBook Air is six months old at this point. So it's still not even a year old. Um, and I, and I, think, yeah. I think there was some sort of strategy to releasing these first gen products and making them look exactly the same as the Intel versions because it's so clear cut, right? Like the, the when you see the MacBook Air look the, the same exact way as the Intel version and and they just took out the fan and it's like, yeah, our performance is this much better. I feel like that's such a bigger statement than it's like, oh, we redesigned it and our performance is this much better. Yeah, it looks like we just gave uh, Renee an idea for a video as if he doesn't make 27 videos every week anyway, but apparently <laughs> this this conversation has, yeah. has made him think about that. So I fully expect Renee to be wearing my merch in that video and shouting out GadgetCast. All in the same video, Renee, please. Thank you. That would be wonderful. We would love you for that. Yeah, Renee, you need to be like, I got this awesome idea on GadgetCast. And yes, you should perfect. see the guys. There's a link in the description below. We would love that. We would love you so much for that. Right? Plus, you can say, I was just recently on GadgetCast, and uh, it's a great show, and we love uh, Travis, and Greg's okay. That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's all you got to say. Literally, that's all you got to say, Renee. You know I love you, baby. You know I love you. All right, anyway. Um, yeah, so let, <laughs> I, I'm excited by what I'm seeing. I, I guess yeah, just we, wait until you see this, what you see. This, this see ended now. up being a very different discussion than I had planned because uh, mid mid discussion, we got like legitimate confirmation or, you know, as close to confirmation as you get with the rumor and stuff like that. But uh, these yeah. look, this looks pretty compelling if you ask me from uh, someone who looks at this stuff. So uh, yeah. yeah, this uh, design and stuff I think is going to be really good. I like the direction Apple's going in with... Uh, it seems like they're separating their consumer and pro level um, products. Uh, I think they're doing a good job of it where in years past, it just kind of melded together. It's more, you know, it's they just started doing this with the iPhones, right? Like the iPhone and the pro series, the regular iPhones are more colorful. The pro series are kind of a little bit more muted in that. Um, so I think that's the direction they'll probably end up going with, I guess, like their entire lineup at this point. You saw it with the iPads too, right? They just came out with new iPad Pros. They're not in the same colors as the iPad Air, which I actually kind of don't like. I kind of wish I could get a blue uh, iPad Pro, but that seems to be the direction Apple is going in uh, with their consumer and pro-level products. I, I like it. I really like it. I I, I think uh, more colorful products is a good thing because Travis and I would almost spend $400 getting customized colorway <laughs> products. So if Apple's going to do it for us... <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't even want to talk about that. We almost, <clears throat> I mean, we came so close, but Apple did it for us. All right. Um, if they do a purple, really? if they do a purple MacBook Air, oh, I yeah, shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say this because you're going to have to be, you know, like I said, these can come out in 2022. If they do a purple MacBook Air, we might, we might have to do the, we might have to do a gadget cast MacBook Air giveaway. I'm just I, saying I would do it. I'd be a part of it because here's the thing. Uh, we talked about jokingly getting a GadgetCast iPhone. We never thought there would be such a color and now it exists. So, I mean, you never know anything. Everything's on board. Obviously, Tim Apple loves the show and he's 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 kind of shouting us out without shouting us out. He's like, listen, guys, you guys yeah, are the best yeah. tech podcast. We're going to do a purple iPhone. We've never done that before, but we're just going to do it. We want you to know this is my wink, wink, nudge, nudge to you. We love you. Like, would, okay, would people like that? People would love that, right? Oh, look at that. I want a free MacBook. See, they they want it. They would want the yeah. purple. Ga See, like, I feel like I'd have to intercept it first and throw like a, a gadget cast sticker on the back. <laughs> well, of course we would. We would do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, of course. We, we'd make you sign a contract that you cannot <laughs> take that gadget cast sticker off. And if it ever yep. does come off, you have to contact us 
and pay us three hundred dollars so we can custom replace it for you. You know, you gotta send it back. We, we can't sense. trust it to you. You might misalign it. You know, we we can't have that with our brand. <laughs> we can't have that with our brand. It could look really bad. So uh, no. All right. So uh, MacBook Air M2. Uh, as we get more information about it, we'll be hey, sharing it. With I'm gonna say. Sure. I'm gonna say. Stay tuned for front page tech. I don't think you're gonna yes. want to miss that one. Yeah, I mean, I, just what we saw, I'm sure you're all going to see. So, uh, wow, is all I can say. Okay. Worth the wait. Next up. Next up. The Let's talk iPad about your video. M1. No, we'll what save that we for talk? last. Oh, we'll save that for last? Okay. So, my video. All right. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, because this is an interesting one. Because things happened after I released the video that, I, that made it even more kind of interesting. So, if you have not been watching my channel, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> um, but... If you have, then you may have seen that I released a video yesterday calling, uh, talking about the problem with tech YouTubers. Now, uh, I didn't really give Greg any kind of heads up about this particular video. Um, I think maybe, I don't even think I hinted at it. Yeah, sometimes I'll do that. I'll tell him like what type of things I'm, I'm going to be doing. I didn't tell him. So I'd be interested in what you initially thought when you first clicked into it and then what you thought when you were done with it. I'm really interested in that. Sure. You want me to tell you now? Yeah. Uh, so... I thought you were working on something. I actually was like really surprised when the video came out because uh, I remember I was on your live stream beforehand and you were talking to like Renee and like, Renee, you're in the thumbnail. And I'm like, oh, so Renee's in the thumbnail. Like, what is this thing? I don't, I don't know what's going on. Is Travis going to be talking about like tech YouTubers? Uh, and then I watched the video and it the video like the video you were reacting to like got me like kind of like upset. Like I was like watching it, like listening to this guy talk about uh, what we do for a living. And it was like making me like really upset now, like you, right? You were just dissecting this whole video. And sometimes you'd like agree with a point and I would be like, yeah, like our, our society is a little bit too consumerist sometimes. I get that. And I, I think like with uh, even like tech reviews, it, Hey, I'm, I'm the first person to tell you in a tech review, especially now, if you have an iPhone that's two three years old, I don't think you need to go out and buy this new phone. It's not a big enough improvement. I think I've been saying that for at least the last two phone reviews I do. I My recommendation, if you have an older model, hey, you can wait this year. Um, I always say that in my videos. Um, so I, I was really upset that he took all these tech YouTubers, put us into one little pot and said, uh, we just promote buying things over and over again. And I just couldn't agree with it. Um, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some people like that because you know, there's always going to be at least one person who does something right. But, uh, I think my job is to inform people. I also want to, I also want to make it fun, entertain. I love tech. Like Travis said in the video, I get excited when I open a new product. So that's just general excitement. I'm not trying to sell a product. I just, I just get excited over the new features because I've always been into tech. Uh, it's my hobby. It's like if you're into cars and you see a nice car, uh, you're going to get excited. It doesn't necessarily mean you want someone to go out and buy that model of car. If you go out and watch, you know, a Marvel movie and you get super excited, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, everyone should go watch the same movie that I saw. But uh, if you found someone who watched it too, you might want to talk to them about it. So I just think it's an interest thing. Um, they are expensive products. And, uh, you know, I think there's worse things you could waste your money on, honestly, that like a lot of people get involved with. So I don't even think tech's like the worst part of it. Uh, but I do think like overall, you know, like consumerism and stuff like that, you don't always have to have the latest and greatest. It's a, it's a pitfall. A lot of people do fall into. Um, actually, I think doing tech reviews kind of helped me get out of that in a way. I know I still get like the latest and greatest cause I review it, but it almost makes me appreciate holding onto products longer. Cause now it's more like, Hey man, if you can get value out of this, that's really good. Yeah. So for context, for those who don't know, there's this guy uh, called Tech Lead on YouTube who has a, a couple channels. He has one with like a million subscribers and one with 100,000. And um, this particular video, he talked about tech YouTubers and how we were promoting consumerism and had some things to say that I wasn't particularly happy about. So if you want to see my thoughts on it, go check it out on my channel. Now, here's what interesting. Here's what was interesting about that. Shortly after it went live, my good buddy uh, Jeff from Elhefe Reviews texted me and said, oh, yeah, I actually uh, actually met that guy. Uh, I'm not going to speak for him on, on how that went, how that meeting went, but he did mention something else, which I was not aware of, which is that this guy has actually copyright striked other channels talking about him. So immediately I'm uh -oh. like, Oh, did he? So he sent me, um, 
a link to a video from a creator who covered this guy and another guy not only copyright striking a channel who, by the way, apparently this video didn't even have any footage of his, but that like he doxed him and gave it to another guy who blackmailed the creator. Like, I mean, just really crazy stuff. Now, what was interesting is during me looking at this going, what is going on? I was getting comments from people and someone even said it in here in the, the um, in our comments here that he's, he's actually someone who's supposed to be trying to be funny. He has like deadpan humor and that he's really funny or something. I don't, I don't, first of all, that there's nothing about that video that made it seem like he was trying to be funny. Like he seemed like he was legitimately, there was no deadpan humor about it. So I don't think if, if he does that, that wasn't a video he was doing it on. Other people said that if you watch some of his other videos, he's very, um, like he's got this kind of sarcastic sense of humor, which I'm all about. That's fine. That's cool. But the fact that he was copyright stricken and doxing people is not a joke in any, any way. Um, so that kind of concerned me a little bit. So I reached out to uh, YouTuber uh, Ian Corzine, who is a lawyer uh, for social media. He also has a YouTube channel. Definitely check him out. Ian is an amazing guy. I never really talked to him before. I, I'm aware of him, but I never really talked to him until uh, just recently. He helped me. Um, I actually made a couple of edits in the video that's up now. I only took away some. So one of the things he said for fail used to really kind of kick through is to not use as much of their content. And there were a couple of, conversations that I let him just roll on because I wanted more context, but what I edited out does not in any way significantly change the material of what happened, right? Because obviously I can't remove that video. So it's the same stuff. I just took out maybe like 45 seconds of a couple different things that didn't really make any difference, right? But with that being said, I have been sitting on the last day and a half going, I wonder if he's going to try to copyright strike me. He has not so far, thank goodness. And I, But now I'm starting to think he won't because everyone's talking about that he's like this comedian and, and, and I don't know at the end of the day, it's a very strange thing because if you watch the video, I'm actually not tearing him down. And there were things I agreed with him on. So I'm thinking if anyone who has any kind of rational thought behind them would realize I'm not trashing him, which the, the videos that he did copyright strike and eventually released the copyright strike on were trashing him. I was not doing that. I literally was taking something that he talked about and was making a very strong opinion on at one point saying that tech YouTubers were brought up in a way that we think that consumerism is okay. And that we should promote, it was just really weird. Um, and, and just said, listen, that's not really true. It's certainly not for all of us. And that's it. That's the end of the conversation. Now for me, I agree with several of the things he said, because I have videos about it. Number one, the, the fact that you don't need to upgrade every year. I, I'm doing videos on older content, older video, uh, older phone stuff all the time. Like my renewed series is all older stuff. And then secondarily, like the consumerism thing, I, I totally agree with. You can live less with less stuff. I could too. I don't choose to, but I could. But at the same point, he was saying things like he was like, well, you know, YouTubers are telling people and making people buy these things. First of all, we can't make anyone buy anything. And then secondarily, it's like, we're, we're promoting this kind of terrible way of living and we're pushing our agenda on people yet. That's kind of what he was doing in this video. It's like, you need to live simpler. There was stuff that I didn't uh, put into the video that if you watch that entire video of his, it's kind of more to that point. So I'm like, I, listen, I, I don't agree with that. So I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, like slam him. I wasn't trying to slam him. Matter of fact, in the video, I say, go ahead and subscribe to him. But for me, um, I just didn't agree with his assessment of tech YouTubers. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was weird. Some of the arguments he made, and I saw some of this in the uh, in the chat and stuff. Uh, people were bringing up, like he was talking about, like, oh, people don't get excited about buying a washing machine or a toaster or something like that. <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah, it's true. Like, I don't get excited as excited for like buying a washing machine or a toaster. Honestly, though, I think for me, I actually do get a little bit excited when I get something new like that. Like I got like, well, a, wait a minute, wait a minute, Greg, we did get excited about those vacuum cleaners. So let's be, no, no. Yeah, that. no, I let, I get like a phone is a more exciting purchase or a computer is a more exciting purchase. Cause you use it a lot more and it's like always on you. Uh, but honestly, like when I buy appliances, I do tons of research and I get excited, man. Like I got like an air fryer recently and I did so much research. And when I got it, I was so excited. I'm like, Ooh, look at this. Let's test it out. Yeah. Look how cool this I is. I love air fryers. So, so I get an espresso machine. I did a lot of research. I, I love it. Like I get excited for it. Um, 
yeah, so the somewhat he kept talking about red cameras, which I thought was the strange. Yeah. These YouTubers get a red camera and they mm. think this and that. And like it was really insulting in a way because a lot of the people <clears throat> who are doing this with like a red camera or 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 who are on like a higher level like like a Jonathan Morrison type like these people are kind of like true artists and yeah. they're they're getting tools that they want to make the best video possible. Could they make their video on an iPhone? I think they'd be the first people to tell you like, hey, if you want to get started, use whatever you have available. Wor worry about the gear later when you start making money or something. Like they'd probably be the first people to tell you that. But like they are on another level where they want to try and make the best thing possible. And they're also trying to save time. If they get a better camera that is easier for them to work with, that's saving them time and money, right? These are these are small purchases when you start getting to that level and you have like a production team behind you. Some of these people also like, I know like some of these like production studios, they might do YouTube. They might be also doing other client work on the side that requires like these higher end cameras that you don't even know about, right? Because they're like a legitimate business. They might have YouTube and that might be main source of income, uh, but they might be shooting commercials too at the same time. You really don't know uh, the position that people are in. So I just thought a lot of his arguments fell flat. Again, like like you were saying, I do agree with some of them. But uh, yeah. how how did you find this guy? <laughs> like that's like randomly, yeah. randomly. I was looking up YouTubers. Um, I don't even remember why. I, I somehow I was running up, typing up like tech YouTubers or YouTubers or something, and it came up in search. And I'm like, oh, what's this? And I watched it. And I, I you know I was just watching it, not for content sake, but just to watch it. And then within the first like three minutes, I'm like, okay, I need to make a video about this. So I didn't even watch the rest of it until I recorded uh, the video. So, um, and I like doing reaction videos and kind of giving my, my, you know, my thoughts on things and whatever. But um, yeah, I don't have a problem with the guy at all, to be honest. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting, he gave his take, I gave my take and and, and uh, that's it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But that was the name. Yeah, again, <clears throat> nothing against the guy, uh, huh. but it, I mean, it, it it invites it when you start like saying like their job is to sell yeah. you something. And I thought you summed it up best. Like, hey, man, if you watch my iPhone review and you don't buy an iPhone, I do not care. I do yeah, not exactly. care. I literally <laughs> don't care. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. sometimes I hope you walk away from the review. And if I said things that you're like, this product is not is not a good choice for me right now. That is me doing my job too. Like it's yeah. it's it's both ways. You can come out of my review going, air tags may be cool. I don't need it. Like I said in my own video, like these are cool. Uh, personally, I don't think they're for me though. I, I really don't lose my eye. Like they work well, but I'm the type of person that keeps pretty good track of their stuff, I think. So I really don't need these. Maybe you're the same way. Uh, so I kind of hope sometimes you walk away from my reviews going, yeah, I don't need this product. <laughs> like Like even if I'm positive about a product, there's things I say in my review that are like, yeah, you know, it could be a great product for him, but for me, uh, I need a I need a laptop that can hook up to two external displays. This MacBook Air, it's not for me. So, I think I think most good reviewers do that. They give you the pros and the cons. Ultimately, if if they have a positive or negative experience, there's pros and cons to every product. And then at the end of the video, you need to decide like, I need that or I don't yeah. need that. And by the way, we, we want to hear your guys' uh, feedback on that, both by voicemail and email, which I don't know. Did you check email before we started? Yeah, I got on? a couple emails that we got to oh. get. Yep, I did. Should we do that right now before we get into the iPad portion? Well, some of them are iPad mm. specific. So, Oh, well, let's get into the iPad portion then. Yes. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about this iPad. Let's talk about consumerism now. All right. <laughs> 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 let's glorify consumerism for a bit. So, Travis... I had a very tough decision. I've had a very tough decision. Um, I ordered two iPad Pros. I ordered two of them, Travis. Wait, what? Let's Wh hey. What? Wait, I, I want to get yelled at. Listen, this is where, this is where it's coming to. I, I ordered a 256 gigabyte model, which I think you did, right? 12.9. Yes, yes, yes. And then I, or, I you know, I ordered the terabyte because for those of you that don't know, what? you want the 16 gig. For, just in case yeah, they do someone, okay, for right. those of you that don't know, the one terabyte has 16 gigabytes of memory. I don't need the terabyte of storage. I really don't like it's cool to have that much storage. I don't need that, but it does come with 16 gigabytes of memory. If I could order the 256 with 16, I probably yeah. would have done that. Um, but I ordered it. I don't know why I was like so curious. I'm like, I don't know. Like, hey, for the record, 
I'm going to say this. I don't think anyone should order the 16 gigabyte iPad Pro unless you need one terabyte of storage. That's what I keep saying in my videos. Like I would go into this going like, hey, do I need one terabyte of storage? I do. I'm going to order this. If you don't, I don't think you should order it because right now there's there's a lot of speculation. Uh, Travis, you did a video on this, like the iPad might have like a secret. Um, there's a lot of speculation that there's going to be an improvement to the iPad with the software that's coming up in June at WWDC. It's only like a month away. Um, I think that I, I do think that's going to happen. I don't know. It could never happen. I could buy the 16 gigabyte iPad Pro iPad OS can look exactly the same. Apple maybe won't even take advantage of the 16 gigabytes of memory. Maybe there's like literally no difference. I have yeah. no clue at this point because honestly, when they gave us the last iPad Pros and they gave us six gigabytes of memory, I'm like, for an iOS device, that's kind of a lot. When these yeah. came out now with eight gigabytes, I'm like, that seems like a lot of headroom. Now, now moving yeah. to eight, I look at 16 and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like what, yeah. what is... Is there really going to be anything useful here? Yeah, that's okay. Now, here's the thing. I made that video about this very thing with my suspicions that pro, pro apps are coming. I, I never said that Mac OS is coming, but I said pro apps might be coming because it doesn't make any sense, right? But here's the thing. You're making me feel bad about myself because if for some reason these pro apps can only work on the 16 gig version, not the 8 gig version, I've essentially wasted my money. Because, and, and I don't want to spend, how much was the, the one terabyte? How, that's like a ton of money though. 1800. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I'm not doing that anyway. So forget about that. But considering it's my main editing hardware, if there is a final cut pro to go on the iPad, to me, that would bridge the gap between the problems I'm having with final cut pro and why I like LumaFusion so much so that maybe I would spend that money. And I can't believe I made a video about this and didn't think it through and literally ordered what I normally would order, which is a 256 gig version. If it turns out that you need to have the 16 gig version and they come out with like Final Cut for the iPad, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> I don't, to be fair, I don't think you'll need six. You, I don't think they'll be like, hey, you need the 16 gig. Um, you know, I've used M1 machines with eight gigabytes and done like Final Cut still runs really well, like on an eight gigabyte machine. I think it'll be fine, right? And especially on iOS, they have so much more control on the RAM. They can close out everything else, let you run Final Cut. Uh, but I do think I do think these are options for the future for like these pro apps. I do think there is a Final Cut or Logic or something in the works. I can't I can't see Apple giving us these options without having something more in mind. It doesn't make yeah. any sense from the, if this was Samsung and they're like, hey, 16 gig, like I think Samsung's already doing like 16 gigs on their phones. Like, yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. Apple though, they never mentioned RAM. And like, if you're a normal consumer, you, you, you never saw memory on an iPad page before. It didn't happen. It didn't exist. Like it existed, but you didn't see it on the Apple website. They kept that thing secret. You wouldn't know how much RAM was in an iPad until consumers got them and they opened up Geekbench and went, oh, hey, there's four gigabytes of RAM in here. Uh, the 2018 iPad Pro, which I think still runs really well, has four gigabytes of RAM. Yeah. So even this base level iPad has double that. Right. It's like a huge increase, especially when like the 2018 still runs like really, really smoothly for what it needs to do. So I was very conflicted, Travis. I like I do like having the best of things as a bad consumer person. All right. Rampant consumerism uh, run amok. <laughs> Travis, I kept I kept both orders, right? I need to cancel. Yeah. I needed to cancel one of them. One night randomly at like one in the morning, I was in bed <laughs> and I just like, I just scrolled on my phone on the, on the order page and I canceled the 256. So I'm going to get, I got the 16 gigabyte. There's no turning back now. Yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's probably the right move for you and your channel. I don't um, think, I don't think it is the right move personally from a personal standpoint. I, it's the curiosity that got to me. I was like, yeah. what I need to experience this. Is there really any reason to, can I, can I recommend this? Can I, rec right. is there something I can find from this going, you know what? 16 for this. But that's my point. Like literally because you have that everything below it, you're already reviewing. But it's so, every, every it's so Travis should have the 16 gigabyte because he works all yeah. the time in LumaFusion. 
Literally. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to walk away from this and say conclusively, <laughs> which I guess would be to say, get the eight gigabyte. I don't know if I can test this. I don't think I can push this iPad to its limits when it comes out. I'm hoping it, at, at WWDC, there will be a beta with Final Cut and I can I can do that. With LumaFusion though, I've used it a couple times. It's a great it's a great editing app, but my mm. main thing is Final Cut. So I really do notice the performance difference there. With mm. LumaFusion, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to tell. So it'll be very interesting. I might have to I might have to like contact Travis and be like, can you We might gotta this? do a trade and I might yeah. gotta give him a little money. I don't know. We might gotta figure that out, just as uh, Justine <laughs> says in the chat. Yeah, just we might swap gotta them. do a, a gadget cast. What color did you get? I hope you got silver. I got silver. Good. Perfect. That's perfect. That's what I got. So maybe maybe that's what ends up happening. A little bit of cash in a trade. Who knows? We'll see what happens here on GadgetCast. Make sure you subscribe. I don't know. What, if, if the mini LED display is good, I don't think I'm going to want to be without my iPad Pro. You know, it's going to be... Can't. Listen, I, I, I couldn't be without it for any length of time because it's literally my work machine. So I, you would have to send yours first to I'm me. S- <laughs> I am getting excited as uh, yeah. these products get closer. I got to say, like, for the iPad, I... I like the M1 was exciting, uh, but like as the event happened, I was more shifted towards the iMac. I feel like the farther I'm getting away from this event, the more interested I am in looking at this iPad. I really want to see this display. I think it's going to look really good. So I, I'm very curious. We do have a question about the iPad, though. We actually have. We actually, yeah, we have one question. Okay. And I think we can answer this one pretty easily. So this is from 619 WWE mm-hmm. fan. He's in the chat. Um, he emailed us and said, so when Apple added the new M1 chips on their laptops, one significant improvement was the battery compared to the previous model. However, the iPad Pro, the battery is still exactly the same as the previous model, even with the M1 chip. Why do you reckon that is? Space more than anything, right? I mean, I hope that, well, the one thing, and you know, another thing that they always say, but I don't remember them saying it is every time they come out with like an iPad or something, they always talk about how the battery life, but I don't remember seeing that as a spec on this. It's still the same 10 hour rating. The same? Yeah. So if it stays the same, that means that the, <clears throat> the efficiency between that and the a 12 X slash Y is significant enough that it keeps them the same. They don't need to have a bigger, they can just keep it the same. That's the idea behind it anyway. That's the way it should be. So <clears throat> it's a good question, 619. I actually saw a couple of this in my comment sections too. Um, you have to remember that the M1 chip is technically still an iPad chip. So while this brought tremendous battery improvements to the Mac lineup, theoretically, this is the same game for the iPad. It's been running on ARM architecture or whatever Apple's version of this architecture is at this point. They got their own little special thing on it. Um, so the iPads were always running, you know, very efficient chips. That's why with the M1, when you put it on a Mac and the Mac so used to Intel chips that were running at like, like double, triple the wattage, all of a sudden they have so much extra energy. They have so much extra battery life with the iPads. It's like, well, this was going to be the A14X anyway. So there's, there's no battery life improvements because, hey, it's the same exact chip that they were expecting anyway. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens when we start doing the actual tests. I'm definitely going to try to test my um, 2020 versus, of course, the 2021 and try to give some pros and cons and all the things. I'm sure everyone's going to do that. Um, we're going to give our best kind of thought behind whether or not you should purchase this or wait or get one of the 20. I, I suspect the real answer is you get a really good on deal 2018. And let me be clear. The 2020 iPad Pro and the 2018 Pro, if you if you decide to even get an iPad Pro, like we could argue, get the Air, get the regular baseline. Let's, but let's say you're like, I'm getting the Pro. Which one should I get? In my mind, the 2020 and 2018 are the same damn thing. So I, I when I say iPad, I'm just saying get the cheapest version, which will probably be the 2018. It's the same darn thing. That processor with the one extra GPU, I searched in every type of program I could do to get any kind of performance difference. And I think what I said was like two seconds in LumaFusion and like nothing else had any difference. So don't pay any difference for any of those. This is this reminds me of Apple has done this before where they they up, they quote upgraded something. There really was no difference. It's like an iPad or something a long time ago, like one of the basements. I can't remember what it was. <clears throat> 
And it's like, no. So pro, the real question is iPad Pro 2018 slash 2020 versus the 2021. Is there a real difference? And we'll find out. Yeah. I, I think the question's harder for that 11-inch version. I do think the 12.9 screen is going to be a big enough upgrade to where you're probably, unless you can get like a super good deal on those older ones, I don't know mm-hmm. what the price difference will be. But let's say we're like in like a $200 price difference. I th- I'm thinking it's going to be like, hey, 12.9 owners, this new one might be worth it. Um, I really do think that. And I think it's going to, hey, talk about future proofing. <laughs> like this M1, man, I think you're going to be good for a long time, even though iPads are good for a long time. Uh, we do have 619 in the chat. He had some follow up. Uh, he says, I get what you mean, Greg, but even iPhones that also use ARM based chips, their batteries increase too, and bigger phone equal bigger battery life, but iPad battery life, uh, still say stays the same regardless of device size. Uh, I, I would think that's because with the phones and stuff, you can always put a bigger battery in there and the weight will increase. So I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference. But with like an iPad, like they're at like the limits of what I think they want these devices to weigh. Like for that 11 inch, for that 11 inch, they want to say it weighs one pound. And then with that 12.9, I think this new one weighs like 1.5 pounds. And I know they don't, they do not want it weighing anything else. So even if they could put a bigger battery in it, that's more weight for the device. And I don't think Apple wants to do that. And then with the 12.9, don't forget uh, that mini LED display could be pretty battery hungry. We really don't know. We have to test these out. That's why yeah. we're here. Well, um, if you missed, you just came in, uh, you would have missed uh, that we actually got pictures from uh, John Prosser front page tech. We expect them to be on what is upcoming show where we got to see more renders of the upcoming uh, M2 MacBook Air along with um, something that is not a render of the MacBook Air. We got an official photo of maybe a <clears throat> MacBook Air, but we can't share it with you. Yeah. We're not yeah, lying. We can't share with you. So make sure you watch, ladies and gentlemen, front page tech, and make sure you subscribe to us. But uh, we're gonna have to get going. We do want to do a little wait, bit no, of an no, aftercast. No. We do have what? we do have more questions. We have oh, more questions. hurry up, man! Why you take so long? Sorry, sorry. Let's get to these quick. Uh, okay, okay. Morris Richmond uh, wants to know. This is another easy one. He wants to know: Do you think the Mac Mini will get Touch ID? If so, entire top plate or a little reader? Morris, they're not going to put Touch ID on the Mac Mini, but the new magic keyboard with touch ID works on any of the M one max. They're not selling them separately right now. I think that's a supply constraint cause they want to make sure they have enough for the IMAX. I would guess, in, I would guess in the next couple of months, you'll be able to order that separately and you can get touch ID on a Mac mini with the keyboard. That's how they'll do it. They're not going to actually put it on the Mac mini. That would be cool, but uh, <laughs> I think it'll be on the keyboard. I think that's easier for people. And then one more from, uh, Oh, we got a couple more. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got one from Ben Spag. He says, hi, Greg and company. So I guess you're (laughs) what (laughs) he didn't mention Travis. I don't, maybe it was, maybe this, I think this was, this was sent during the show last week. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I'm yeah. We weren't doing email questions that week because they were live questions. I got you. Hi. Okay. Um, I guess I don't even know if I should answer this, but we'll try. Can you all speak about how tech is reviewed? It often seems that the pro me, uh, is meant for higher level video editing instead of premium. There are millions of different ways to use a device such as iPad pro as professional and as creative professional as that artists, writers, musicians, composers, office work, etc. Should there be a reframing on product review? Should reviews go deeper into software such as how pages still cannot sort by list by number alphabetically without creating a table? Uh, best, <laughs> best space is big. So Whoa. awesome. Um, yeah, I, that's actually a comment I get a lot, Travis. I don't know if you get that when you do like reviews. Uh, nope. I think we, I think I always mention like video editing and yeah. oh, the people do ask, well, why do people, uh, mention video editing? Yeah. That's, there's a, that's an easy answer, by the way, it's not a, it's not a complicated answer. So for, um, when you look at like what people actually will use their iPad and stuff for you, the only way to stress the processor is either by gaming or something that, that puts a stress on the processor for a, an extended period of time. And there's very few things that do that. Gaming would be one, although pretty much games are set. There's not a lot of games on the iPad where you can change all the settings. I think there's a couple. 
Um, but I even what Fortnite goes at 120 frames per second on the iPad. So that's kind of crazy enough, right? So beyond that, the only other real way to kind of get a good idea besides benchmarks, which are pretty much pointless, a real use case for the processor and the performance is video editing and exporting. That's why it's used so much because there really isn't anything else out there that's going to stress a processor enough for a long period of time to give you an idea of the actual performance. Gaming typically does that for GPUs and CPUs on, on PC. It's just not as much of a deal on, on mobile, generally speaking. 100%. Um, yeah, it's, uh, listen, there's a lot of different professionals out there. Um, <clears throat> You know, like uh, my fiance does like art on her iPad and that's like a totally different use case. Uh, there's like lots of layers and stuff like that. That's actually one of the use cases people kept bringing up for the extra RAM that they actually do run into stuff sometimes where it slows down. And they're thinking maybe the 16 gigabytes, I should have her do a video and maybe she can like stress this iPad out. I don't think I can, but there is so much different work out there. I wish I could cover it all. I know development's another big uh, profession there where like having a faster CPU, having a bursty CPU versus one that... Uh, you know, uh, can go longer sustained. There's like all this different stuff. Um, musicians too, again, a big workflow. Uh, Jason from Painfully Honest Tech, he always has like a musician's angle to it. And he would tell you like the new M1 Macs are kind of bad for musicians, not because there's not power there, but, but because a lot of the stuff you plug into it isn't updated and doesn't work right now on the new M1 chip. So you run into problems there. Uh, so there's so much different types of professionals, creative professionals, uh, we can only talk about what we do on it. I think video editing, actually, if you're talking about like a stress test that covers like GPU and CPU, that's a pretty good indication of how well this is going to perform. There's a lot. I will just answer it this way. There's a lot of consumers that get mad that go, how can we talk about this when I'm like writing in office? Does it run office? Well, does it run a spreadsheet? Well, <laughs> yeah. guys in 2021, like, yeah, if I'm video editing on it, office is gonna be great <laughs> like you really you really don't have to worry it is something i do want to get better at though personally like if i'm reviewing a macbook air i do need to drive across the point that hey it can video edit but you know what for consumers it's gonna handle the basic stuff office you need to bring this on the go battery life i do need to make sure i hit those points too i want to get better at reframing this from a consumer perspective but I do like I do like to let people know that, hey, if you want to push this machine, go for it. Go for right. it. If you want to save money, you want to get this, you want to push this machine, you want to you're thinking about doing a YouTube channel. Hey, MacBook Air, it's great. Go get it. Yeah. Um, any other questions? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Before we get into the aftercast and immediately lose half of our audience for some unknown. They're all reason. gonna stay. I think there's like 250 people, and they're all they're all going to be here. We're going to get more people. How about that? All right. One more. This is from 619 again. We'll do it because he's always here and gets two questions. He says, so I have been using AdGuard for a while, but just out of nowhere, it stopped working. Oh, oh, 619. He says, do you know any ad blockers that also work on YouTube? Also, does VPN work as an ad blocker too? Or is it a separate thing? 619, how dare you? Yes, you should be watching you? all my ads three times can we explain can we explain the ad blocker i've talked about this on a podcast on a on a live stream somewhere i don't remember where it was okay so here's the thing if you if you want to support a creator and you don't have like money to spend like you want to do that don't use an ad blocker because here's what happens we don't get paid now you might think well okay but that's just me but there's a lot of people who use this and i want you to understand that google has already been paid the ad has been bought. They're just trying to place it. Once it gets placed, then we get credit for it. So Google has their money. Even if you're blocking the ad, we just no longer get that money. So if you want to support us, and by the way, not every single video that you watch will you be you know, given an ad. So even if you, the other problem with this is if you turn off ad blogger for just like Greg and my video, the problem is you still might not get served an ad because YouTube looks at how often you're served ads. But... We just straight up don't get paid. So you're not like, I understand ads can be can be annoying and I get it. I just use YouTube premium. I use YouTube enough that it makes sense. And uh, if you really want to support us and you don't want to do, or you don't have the money to do something like uh, either premium or even join our membership or whatever, 
allowing ads to play is the, one of the best ways you can support us aside from sharing our videos. That's probably the best way. So that would be amazing. Yeah. So 619, you're going to have to show this video to like five people who don't have yes. an ad blocker and then, and then you can use ad blocker. Okay. Then yeah. you, you know, you get my blessing. Um, yeah. yeah, honestly, if I had it, like, I, you know, I agree with Travis, like, you know, consumers, stuff like that. I also just don't have a recommend. I don't use an ad blocker at all on anything. I, I know like, and Hey, listen, YouTube, I get it. The ads are bad sometimes, but like there are sites that are worse at this that like are really bad and they like hijack everything. I still don't use an ad blocker because you know, those people on that blog need to get paid too. So I just don't like it personally. Uh, if someone has a bunch of ads, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm in there, but I do use YouTube premium like Travis. Uh, if you can afford it again, I know, you know, times are tough. Maybe you can't afford a YouTube premium. I get it. But uh, if you can't afford it, you know, if, you, if you're doing okay, it's actually a really good experience. So I'd recommend that to you. But um, yeah, I don't use an ad blocker, so I can't recommend one. Can't recommend one. Yeah. But that's it, Travis. That's all the questions for this week. All right. Well, I want more questions. So email us. Uh, links are in the description below. You can leave us voicemails. Also, if you're listening on the audio podcast, all of that information is in the show notes. And we want to thank all the people that watch live. It's been a pretty interesting thing. But if you're watching live, we have a little thing called the Aftercast where we'll sit around for a couple minutes and chit chat. <laughs> Um, and, uh, of course, next week we'll be back again to do it all over. I'm calling, sure Hey, I'm calling it out right now. There's 232 people watching right now. I better not see that go to 230. If that's 231 by the time, oh, they 229. What is this? I looked you in the <laughs> eye and, oh, someone else just left. <laughs> Don't you do it. Don't you leave. I'll get you. I'll get you. He will. And you don't want him to get you. Look, because hey, you know, I'm all dressed up for Mother's Day. I took my mom out. Maybe I'll take maybe I'll take your mom out if you don't if you, <laughs> if you don't stay. He'll take your mom out. That's I, I might so, take your mom out. How about that? Oh, oh, now now you feel threatened, don't you? So you better stay. You better stay because because Greg will take your mom out, which is not good. Definitely not good. Uh, anyway, listen, uh, we really appreciate you watching and listening to the Gadget Cast. Of course, we'll be back next week. Uh, I, I'm Travis. He's Greg. This is the Gadget Cast. Peace.